The epistle is from James chapter 1. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. I make the same mistake every year when it comes to planting in the garden. I, start, I like to start seeds early indoors so that things can be ready to go in the ground when the temperature's warm. And I always make the same mistake. I always think to myself, I'll remember what I put in this pot. I don't have to label it. I'll remember what it is. Here's two different varieties of tomatoes. I can tell the difference between one and the other. And inevitably, they sprout, and I can't remember which one I planted in which pot. And so we have to wait and wait and wait to see what it is that I planted. That's a problem. It's a problem that goes beyond just a gardening metaphor. This is a problem when it comes to God's word, which gets planted into our hearts. What if it's forgotten? What if you forgot what was planted in your heart? What would happen? How would that go? Well, take the example of the garden. Imagine that out in your garden you went and you sowed some seeds and you just plain forgot that you planted anything at all. So the next week comes along or another week later and something starts to grow up and you think, oh, I better get my garden ready to go. And you pull up all of the plants that you already started. You forget what you planted. You forget that you planted anything. And so you treat the growth as a weed. Or you think, maybe I should plant something else in its place. Maybe I should sow some other seeds. This doesn't look very good. Or maybe you can't tell the difference between what you planted and what the weeds look like. And so you pull them up indiscriminately or you let the weeds grow. There's all kinds of problems that happen. All kinds of problems if you forget what was planted. Last week, St. James told us that we should be slow to anger that we should be slow to speak and quick to hear, and instead we should pay attention to the implanted word, something which God placed in our hearts, the implanted word which St. James says is able to save your souls. And that's the, the task for you today, to remember what has been planted inside of you, to remember so that you don't put something else in its place, so that you're not surprised when it grows so that you don't pull up the wrong plants, so you don't weed out the wrong things, but instead so that you cultivate and nurture what God wants to grow in you. The implanted word which bears fruit in your life, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of love, the fruit of caring for your neighbor, of showing compassion, the fruit above all else of trusting in your Savior, trusting that he will save you from sin and death and hell. Put your trust in the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Now, today, St. James uses a different image 
than a plant. We'll come back to the plant later, but today, St. James talks about a mirror. So we have two really helpful images to deal with. He says, you're like a person who goes and looks in the mirror, and there are two ways of reacting once you've looked in the mirror. You can go away after looking in the mirror and forget what you looked like. Or you can go away and remember. Remember what you've looked like. Now, normally when we talk about mirrors in the church, we're usually talking about God's law, which is a very unpleasant kind of mirror because it shows you all of your faults. It's like when you were a teenager and your face broke out in acne and you went and looked in the mirror and you reacted. Every morning you forgot how much acne was on your face and you looked in the mirror and then you remembered every morning what was there. Or it's like looking in the mirror and seeing that you've got something hanging out of your nose that's been there all day long. It's a terrible sight, something you don't want to see. That's usually how we think of a mirror in the church. God's law, take the Ten Commandments. When you hold them up before your face, what do you see? It's like the mirror that that wicked queen in Snow White holds up. It always tells the truth. And it's just fine so long as she's the fairest one in the land, but as soon as Snow White comes along and she's the fairest in the land, then the wicked queen hates that mirror. That's how God's law is for us. Take the Ten Commandments. Consider your place in life according to the Ten Commandments. Have you kept them? Have you always honored God and trusted him and feared him above all else? Have you always kept his name holy? Have you remembered the Sabbath day? Have you honored your parents, your mothers? Have you helped your neighbor in his body? Have you protected marriage? Have you kept your marriage chaste? Have you protected your neighbor's property or his reputation? Have you done all of these things? As soon as you hear God's law, it's held up before your face like a mirror and you see all of your smudges and imperfections. You see your wickedness, your unrighteousness, and evil. That's what God's law does. And it's terrible. It's terrible to see. Now, oftentimes, when you look in the mirror and you see something that you can do something about, like something hanging out of your nose or some food in your teeth or some mud on your face, you go to work right away. When you see how your face has been disfigured, been marred by something, you can clean it up, and that's great. But when you can't, when you can't clean it up, when it's acne that won't go away or a burn that will never fade, what do you do? Well, most people, they just... Stop looking in the mirror. They can't take it anymore. They look away. It's unbearable. I don't like seeing how I look. They can't stand how they look. That's how God's law tends to be for us. It shows us by nature how unclean, how sinful, how wicked we are, and what the wages of our wickedness is. Death, eternal death, eternally separated from God and his goodness. It shows us, God's law shows us that we are slaves. Here's how St. Paul puts it. In Romans chapter 8, he says, Creation, all of us, was subjected to futility. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself would be set free from the bondage to decay. And obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. The bondage of decay, slavery to death, slavery to sin, slavery to wickedness, slavery to follow the passions of our hearts. That's what the mirror of God's law shows us. It says, here's what's good, and we can all agree that this is good, and yet, what do we find ourselves doing? Exactly the opposite, loving the opposite, pursuing the opposite. It's slavery. 
It's like having somebody hovering over you with a whip, demanding that you do something even though you know it's not good. Think about all of the things in this life that enslave us. The opinions of others, the assessments of our family and friends, the pursuit of riches, the pursuit of wealth or comfort, job satisfaction, luxury, ease. Think about all of those things to which we are so easily enslaved, the passions of our hearts, the things that our sinful hearts love selfishly. That's what God's law shows us. It shows us that we are glad to love everything, everything except for him. That we're glad to love everyone, that we're glad to love ourselves more than we would love our neighbors. It's a terrible thing to be found in that position, to be in the spot of being a slave, to be driven. That's what God's law shows. And here's how you can tell in your life. One of the helpful ways to tell whether you are a slave or not. If you ever hear yourself saying something like, I really should, I really should, but I can't. I really should, but I have this or that that I have to do. I really should, but there are other things that are more important. As soon as you find yourself saying, I really should, then you know that you are enslaved to something else. You're enslaved to whatever else it is that draws you away. So I really should read the Bible, but what is it? I really should pray, but I have another slave driver who's making me work. I really should go to church. I really should give, but whatever it is, that is what enslaves you. That's what drives you. That's what compels you. That's what makes you act. And that's what God's law shows you. It holds it up in front of your eyes and says, look at what a state you're in. Look at the sin that's in your hearts. Look at your failure to love God and love your neighbors and see how awful you are and how should we react to that. Well, left to our own devices, the only thing to do is to look away, to pretend that it's not there, to pretend that we do not look like the way that the mirror shows us we are, to pretend that God is all wrong. That's how a mirror usually works in the church. But James offers us something different today. Pay close attention to this. James talks about you as the kind of people who look in a mirror, but who do not see warts and blemishes and disfigurement. You look in a mirror, and what you see is something glorious and beautiful and holy, because you're looking into a mirror that reflects Christ, that reflects Jesus. This is the gospel. For all of you, this is the gospel that changes everything. This is what the resurrection, what Easter is all about. It's that because Jesus died on the cross, he took that terrible, marred and disfigured image that was shown by the law, he took that in himself. He who was perfect and sinless, he who knew no sin, became sin for us. When Jesus was on the cross, dying and breathing his last, he was holding up a mirror to himself, and in that mirror he saw all of you. He saw all of your sins, all of your failures, all of your wickedness, all of your evil thoughts and desires. He saw all of that reflected back on him, and he died for it. He buried in the grave so that something new and better could be given to you, so that his face, his name, his righteousness could be given to you. So now, when God's word comes to you, what you have in front of you is a mirror that reflects Jesus, that reflects perfection, and holiness, not just an illusion, 
Sometimes that's how people imagine this works, that you hold up the mirror and you see Jesus, but it's really just you behind it. No, you hold up the mirror and your righteousness, your unrighteousness has been replaced with Christ's righteousness. There he is. That's what you look like. When your heavenly father looks down on you from heaven, what does he see? He sees perfection and holiness and beauty. Believe it. It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe, but this is what the gospel says to you. Christ has taken all of your sin away. Christ on the cross, disfigured before all of the world, dying like a slave to sin, he took away your slavery and set you free. So that when you look into the mirror of God's word, of God's law, what you're looking into is a law of liberty. That's what St. James says. He says you're looking into the law of liberty. You've been set free. You've been set free to do all of the things that you should. You've been set free to love the way God loves you. You no longer have to worry about what anybody's going to say or what anybody's going to think. You don't even have to worry about what God says to you in his law because the condemnation of the law has been spent on Jesus. There is now no longer any condemnation for you who are in Christ Jesus. You have been set free. The law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. It's a new and better law. It tells you what is good and does not threaten. It shows you what is beautiful and lovely and not what is disfigured and ugly. That's what God shows you in his word. That's what we hear all of the time. There are two ways of thinking about God's law. One is to recoil at it and say, I could never live up to that. I can't do it. It only hurts me. I hate seeing that. But that is not who you are. You are in Christ. And so God's word is a blessing for you. It shows you who you are, even though you can't see it otherwise. It shows you who you are, even though when you look at yourself, when you inspect your actions and inspect your heart, you see only sin. It shows you Christ. That's what we need in this life above all else. We need to look into that mirror. We need to hear the gospel. We need to hear the promise of Jesus again and again and again. We need to see the reflection of Christ's face over ours so that we can put our trust in him. Now, St. James gives a warning. He says, don't be like the kind of person who looks in a mirror and goes away and forgets what he looked like. Don't be the kind of person who plants something in his garden and forgets what was planted there. Don't be hearers of the word only and not doers. Don't be hearers only and not doers. God's word was given to you that it may bear fruit. You know the caricature. Maybe you even used this caricature of the kind of people who go to church just to put in their hours and then they go home and act like nothing ever happened, right? They go to church and then when they go home, it's as though they were never in church They go promptly back to whatever it is they were doing. Now, that's true. That happens all the time. There are hypocrites everywhere. But to the extent that that is also true of you, repent. To the extent to which you have heard God's word again and again, and yet you have not done it, repent. It's like taking a plant, a seed, buried it in the ground, and then plucking it up as soon as it starts to sprout. As soon as you have heard God's word and know what you should do, go and do it. Not under compulsion. Not in order to earn God's favor. Not because this is the only way that you can get God off your back. But because you have been set free. You have God on your side. Who can be against you? 
He has told you what is good and holy, and his word is always true, so go and do it. Be reckless in your love. Be generous and charitable. Be kind and compassionate. Bridle your tongues. That's what St. James said. Evidently, this was a problem among the people to whom he was writing. Bridle your tongues. Don't hurt others' reputations. Protect their names, he says, and visit the orphans and the widows. Show compassion, just as Christ has shown compassion to you. Imagine if when the people of Israel were being bitten by those, bron- those fiery serpents and God said, here, build a bronze serpent and put it up on a pole and whoever looks at it will be saved. And the people said, okay, I hear you, God. I heard what you said. And then they never looked at it. What good would it do them? The same goes for you and me. God has told you what is good. He's given us the perfect love of Christ. He's shown us and taught us what love is in Jesus dying for us on the cross. The word of God has been planted in you. Don't treat it like a weed. Don't let other seeds take its place. Don't forget what has been planted. You have been given true religion. True religion in Christ Jesus. And it is a glorious thing. No one else in this world is free like you are. You've been set free from everything everyone says you must do. You've been set free from the shackles of your own desires and passions. They cannot hurt you any longer. Instead, you've been set free to be children of God. What could be more glorious than that? Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Don't hear that as though James is threatening you. Hear that instead as an invitation, an offer, a glorious and beautiful offer. God has given you wondrous works to do according to his law, and he loves you so that he empowers you to do them. Pray for his Holy Spirit. That's what this Sunday is titled for, rogate. Ask, and God will give it to you. To him alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.